0: Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano, LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Eddie Talk. Eddie is the CEO of Rex Roundtables, a global organization of executive mastermind roundtables for club owners and executives. There are 12 Rex groups in the US, eight in Europe, and Australia, with two new Rex groups starting soon more than 2700 successful clubs belong to Rex sharing best practices Toc is also a speaker for Ursa club industry and has been a faculty member for Ursa's Institute he has worked with more than 1500 clubs worldwide Toc was a partner in the sales makers for 21 years being recognized as an Ursa associate member of the year welcome to the show Eddie
1: Thank you, Vanessa. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here and help everybody.
0: Well, your bio is really impressive. Um, I don't think that I've ever come across anybody with more industry experience. Tell us how you got started in the fitness business.
1: Oh, that goes back a long ways. Um, <laughs> you know it started that I was uh, teaching and coaching in high school and doing really well um, but had achieved more in five years coaching than most people did in 30. So I was looking for another opportunity and I actually answered a a blind ad and back then it was uh, ads in the New York Times for help wanted for a fitness director of a three club group that happened to be owned owned by an Ursa member. And didn't really want to become a fitness director even though I have a masters in exercise phys. I wasn't sure. Did my homework on the company, thought it was a great company to be involved with and after three interviews, which really impressed the owner, because the third interview, I had to get past his front desk staff, past his private secretary, to get him on the phone to schedule an interview. And uh, as a result, he offered me a job in the company. Two weeks after starting, I was ready to leave, because I was struggling in sales, because everything they were teaching was the old school sales. I didn't believe in any of it. Stuck it out for an extra month. I went from making 200 a week to 1000 a week. And this is back in the 80s when that was a lot of money. And the reason I was successful is I was doing things most salespeople didn't want to do. I was going out, making relationships with great corporations, a lot of cold calling. And uh, two months later, took over the club, um, put a whole new team in place with a great attitude that wanted to learn and have fun. And in the first year, we did over a million dollar increase in revenue with no marketing just on building relationships. So that was the start in the fitness industry.
0: Well, uh, that's really impressive. Obviously you had your foot heavy on the gas. So kudos to you. I don't think anybody would shun a million dollar increase. So what happened next?
1: I stayed there for a few years, did well, did better every single year. Won another challenge. Was offered several jobs in the industry. Uh, I was looking to buy a house in Long Island at the time. And that's when the real estate market was the top of the market and was offered another job up in the Hudson Valley where I now live. Took that, actually took a pay cut because the house was more affordable. Took the job, wasn't thrilled with it. And yeah, so I'm a little bit of a risk taker. So after six months, I bought a house, closed on it on a Monday before Thanksgiving and 10 days later quit with no job. And that's how I got involved in uh, consulting with someone who was already doing consulting, and um, salesmakers had just started. Got it on the ground floor, um, came you know fifty percent owner of that. Over the next twenty-one years, we did over fourteen hundred clubs in six countries. Had a great run, and uh, you know helped a lot of people. But it was one-on-one consulting, <clears throat> which was beneficial. But it's like hiring a trainer, and if you're not really looking for long-term help hiring a trainer, sooner or later, you've, you've hit your goals, and you know, the customer wants to take a break. So it's constantly looking for more uh, new clients. Like every trainer goes through that same cycle. And I had been sending my best clients to join the Rex Roundtables that Will Phillips founded back in 1989, and he called me up after I uh, dissolved SalesMakers to go back out on my own in 2008. And he suggested we have a conversation about how to change the industry. Well, that was his words. And at that time, he had three roundtables. Um, we got together and decided that we would work together. And, you know, Will's amazing. He's like Yoda and uh, to all of us and has taught us and really mentored, not just myself, but dozens, dozens of great executives in our industry. So we're all very grateful to Will on that. Um, but so we fast forward from 2008 where we had three groups You know, we're now exploding. Um, We have three in Europe and Italy, uh, four in Australia and New Zealand. Um, We have uh, nine owner and executive roundtables right now in the U.S. We have three uh, senior team members, the marketing, sales directors, and PT directors. And we're starting another owner's roundtable next week. We actually started one during this crisis virtually that was supposed to meet in June, Instead, we switched them to weekly Zoom calls, put them on Slack and email, and the group instead of – usually the groups go to 15 or 18. We actually went to 22, and then we dropped it back to 16, and now we're starting a second group. and It's been amazing to help everybody get through this. Um, Our job is to keep everybody optimistic and help – get the information to them as quick as possible so that they can not just survive, but start to come out of this in a real positive way. Um, you know, I'm on 14 Zoom calls a week with Rex owners and uh, executives. So it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, never worked harder in my life, but it's been great because we're seeing some amazing results. But, um, I had Annie called me yesterday, they're out in Boise, and they turned their billing on, Got the club's been open about a week and a half. Then ninety three percent of their members stay with them. So when you hear things like that, you say, "Okay, all this hard work was worth it." And you know, working with great people and great operators to help them get even more successful, as is, is, you know, it's it's priceless. It really is.
0: Well, that's amazing. I, I think having 93% of people come back is such a positive number to hear because I know a lot of people are really concerned right now. And the irony of your story is you said, change the industry. And here we are on the cusp of the industry changing again. Where do you see the industry headed now post COVID-19?
1: Well, I think it's going to evolve. I don't think anybody has the crystal ball, but if I had to take a guess with project. Thing, is that the brick-and-mortar clubs of the future will still be here. But everybody will have a virtual component. Uh, that virtual component for some clubs may only be 2% of their revenue. Others, it may be 20%. And I think it's going to depend on their demographics, their competition, um, you know, who their real clientele are, how they want to be served, fitness. And are they going to be served fitness in multiple ways? It's not just a brick-and-mortar club and not just virtual, but a combination. You know, for many years, the Sporting Goods Manufacturing Association has done surveys that show that people that not just own home equipment, but actually use home equipment once or twice a week go to a club once or twice a week. So it's not necessarily a competitor. Uh, the virtual programming, I think it's, uh, it's an adjunct. It's a, it's a combination of keeping people healthier. Um, yes, some of the different business models are going through a lot of changes with the, the social spacing and distancing. In between the equipment, uh, the limiting of number of bodies in group activities, especially group exercise, you know, will things how quick will things like basketball and other close uh, activities come back? It's going to be a while. Um, you know, it's, it's a new world out there, but I think we're coming out of it stronger than most people had predicted. Now there was some doom and gloom uh, predictions early on of twenty or thirty percent down. We're not seeing that. Not nearly. And we're opening in the summer, a lot of clubs and that's, that's tough. Those are tough sales and cancellation months anyway. But that being said, we're seeing pretty positive numbers. Check-ins typically are about 35% the first week or two. Someone's open, they're jumping to 45, 50%. I have one group of clubs in the Midwest that half of their clubs are at 70% check-ins and they've only been open two weeks. So um, to me, that's optimistic, and especially because you're talking in the Midwest in the summer, um, when a lot of people like just to get outside because of the weather change. So I, I think these are good things. The cancellations from what we're seeing are running 3 to 5% typically, and the freezes are running higher than that. And that's the unknown. You know, whether it's certain age populations, the older population not want to come back, or not, just not want to come back yet. And also, I think you got to factor in the summer. You know, if you've got a club in Montana where in the summertime nobody joins, nobody comes in, if you're getting freezes, that's just normal. Um, so it's, we'll see by Labor Day. I think the summer's going to give us a first look at the industry. I think Labor Day till January gives us a second look. And then January going forward, I'm pretty optimistic that we're going to come out of this in, uh, in a better way than, than predicted. It's not going to be like last year but I think it's, um, we're going to come back out of this.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you, you know, you make a really great point, Eddie, in discussing the summer downward trend. That's typical of the summer, just everywhere. I know here in Miami where I'm based, we see a lot of freezes because people travel. It's too hot here. It's actually the opposite of Montana. It's too hot here and people go up North or they travel overseas. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, that doom and gloom, I think people are realizing that we need each other more than ever. And after working out virtually for three months, I think a lot of people are just excited to get back into the gym and interact with others. That in person uh, energy exchange just can't be beat online so what are some tips you're giving some of the club owners for executing virtually because i have seen it done really well and i've seen it done very poorly well i think
1: this you've got a couple of things to look at um i think if you're trying to compete on the best quality level then you know that's the less mills of the world and less mills is been a great support of all of our Rex members. Can't say enough, thank you. But they gave all of the Rex Roundtable members free access to 95 workouts to share with their members until the end of June, from when this started. And you know that's the highest, you know Hollywood quality virtual you're going to see. That's the Peloton quality. Both of those companies have a little bit bigger budgets than the average gym does when it comes to virtual. So we're seeing that people want a combination of both. They wanna have some really high quality, but they also wanna see their local neighborhood instructor that they've worked with either as a trainer or they are taking their classes. So they wanna see that local face and they're okay with not having a Hollywood production in terms of that, if it's their local instructor and there's a comfort level there and knowing that they're gonna take Sue's class or Mary's class or you know, John's class. And I think that's okay, but you need to have, we're thinking you need to have both. Not one or the other. Um, but there are, we've got a handful of clubs that are developing their own studios within their brick and mortar and doing their own taping and buying high, higher priced equipment so they can execute a better quality. Yeah. And we have some now that have been charging for virtual memberships as high as 49 a month and as low as $10 a month. And they're brick and mortar clubs. But they feel their clientele is. Is asking for it.
0: And I think you made a really good point, Eddie, about uh, people wanting to support their local instructors. And that I think brings up the point of relationships and how important relationships are in the fitness business and just in life in general. And I think that people are more inclined to support somebody that supported them in the past. So for example, if I go take your class and I just know that you provide that amazing experience for me, every week then i'm more apt to want to support you and and forgive those little hiccups that might be on online um in order to support you the way that you've supported me in the past so what do you see as some um struggles with reopening right now what are some challenges that are that are happening right now in the clubs
1: well i think the biggest challenge is the uh the lack of uh, understanding on part of most of the governors and the local communities, and the reason I say that it's not to knock them politically one way or the other, it's that they're so inconsistent across the whole country. You know, we have some some municipalities that are allowing pools open but no showers. Um, you know, we have others that are saying, um, you know, group X is fine, just have them six or eight feet apart. And others saying you can't have that until phase three or four of your opening. Um, So there's nothing consistent out there, regardless of the amount of cases. So that's frustrating for the club owners, especially the ones that are just either opening now or or not open, because they're not sure what to expect. I know that in some areas in Florida, um, you know, some club owners were told on a Friday, hey, you can open Monday. And, And so how do you prepare for that? You know, how do you get enough staff back? How do you get... Um, Yes, they already have, I can tell you, 100% of the Rex Roundtable members are going to have cleaner, better disinfected, and better sanitized clubs than any other business in their community. And most likely, even at hospital grade with some of them, which is going to be amazing. I mean, it's a lot safer than going into, you know, the uh, Home Depot, Rose, the supermarket or any other place that's been open this whole time. So I think the one challenge is communicating to the members and the community
0: that was safe and
1: exercise is good. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I think that the media has actually done an injustice to the fitness world because I feel like I've seen a lot of articles that pin the fitness industry and and the gyms as being places to contract illnesses as opposed to places that are set up to help people's immunity, help their health. What role do you think the media has played and and where do you see that going? Uh, You know, I think it's
1: unfortunate. Um,
0: You know, I think some of the
1: media has looked at social media. It's interesting because one of my, One of the guys I was on the phone with this morning was interviewed by CNN when they opened up. And his reaction was, you know, the uh, producer called him the night before, gave him 10 questions, said the executive producer is going to call you at 5.30 a.m. They reviewed the questions again. They went live at, whatever, 7 or 8 in the morning. They only asked one of the 10 questions, and then everything else they asked they were trying to trap him into saying gyms were not healthy, gyms were not clean, everything that was not expected. And he was good. He held true to the right message of being safe and exercise is really good for you. But his comment to me was that, based upon the volume of people using social media today, a lot of these news outlets and news media are becoming irrelevant uh, in terms of being able to get the advertising dollars. And so they need controversy to bring back the audiences. And you know they're using the gyms as, you know, it's a sticking point politically, which it shouldn't be. Um, you know, we have nothing to do with politics. We're trying to get people healthy, trying to um, save lives and get people back to being social beings that all of us are. You know, most people prefer to be in a social environment. That's um, not just about the cheapest club either. You know, it's about coming to a club where you feel comfortable and safe. So we don't see the need of, despite some of the roller coaster economy that we're going through. Um, that you've got to drop your prices. just the opposite. You're investing... The average club is investing thirty or $50,000 or more right now in cleaning materials and uh, new HVAC systems and, and foggers and all these other things to make the place really safe. And probably more so... I, I know more so than any other industry is doing right now. Um, the hotels may be in the same boat as us, but nobody else is doing this. Not, not to the extent we're doing it. So I, I feel confident in, in any... Any consumer going into any of the Rex Mountain Table clubs, they're going to be safe. They're not going to contract something there. It'd be very, very unlikely that they do.
0: Right. And I think just after spending so much time in isolation and quarantine, people now more than ever appreciate being a part of something, being a part of a positive and welcoming environment and community when you're surrounded by so much negativity on social media on the tv and whatnot so speaking of being a part of something eddie can you walk us through what it means to be a rex roundtable member there might be somebody in the audience right now that owns a fitness business that is struggling and looking for help so how does that work
1: well thanks Vanessa, for that opportunity um so each Rex Roundtable group is made up of 15 to 18 individuals. Uh, there's no competitors within that group. Um, in normal times, we meet three times a year for three days, uh, pretty intense meetings. Uh, it's brutal honesty, hundred percent confidentiality, and we help each other get better. Uh, we help clubs on three different levels. We call them the three agendas. First one is operational. It's everything we're doing in this crisis every day. Um, It's sales, marketing, um, retention, uh, cost savings, et cetera. That's the first operational level. The second level, second agenda is helping you develop a culture that will drive all that more effectively, uh, strategies, staffing, and systems. And then the third agenda, we help you with leadership development of the club operators and owners as individuals and give them tools to take back home to develop better leaders back home. Today's current environment, when everything happened, we switched really quick and adapted and decided we can't um, just reach out and have people call you know, myself or Brent Darden or somebody just for help answer some questions. So we organized, we put every single roundtable on Zoom calls on a weekly basis, which we're continuing until we meet face to face in the fall. We had them all on Slack feed. Slack is like organized email. And so we're helping them get through this. Uh, I have one group that talks on Slack five times a day. That's how, that's how connected some of these groups have become. And so the support <laughs> has been amazing. It's been just absolutely amazing. So that's kind of what they get, get out of it. Um, the best thing to do is go to our website and look at all the testimonials and listen to other club owners and club executives that have been in a roundtable table five, 10, 15 years and the value they're getting out of it. Uh, we have some Rex members that have been in over 20 years and never missed a meeting, meeting three times a year. And that says a lot to the value they're getting out of this to come back over and over again. Um, majority of our members, are, uh, they're all independent entrepreneurs. We don't have the big chains involved. We have businesses as small as uh, one club, that's uh, nine, 10,000 square feet, all the way up to someone that has 800 clubs. So there's a big range in there. And each group has similar business models. So everybody who has, let's say, between one and five clubs would be in the same group. So you can relate to the challenges and and, uh, opportunities that you have in that size business model with other people. Uh, So that's that's the short answer. We actually are starting another group that's gonna meet virtually on a Zoom call next Wednesday um, for the first time. And we already have eight club owners committed to that as well. And we've got about another dozen, we have to call back um, and have them fill out applications to get to the next step.
0: So I love that because really at this time of uncertainty now more than ever, we have to really focus on collaboration instead of looking at one another as competition. That's kind of like one of my pillars that I always operate on. And it makes me so happy to see a lot of the fitness industry operating like this whereas like perhaps in the past they might have looked at other gyms as kind of like oh you know I don't want to you know share my best practices I want to keep that kind of to myself and I love the idea of collaborating and working with others cuz that's how you really improve so it sounds like business is thriving. Things are going great for Rex. What are some struggles that you are, are going through, if any? It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like there aren't any, but is there, is, are you having a difficult yeah, time with exactly. anything?
1: <laughs> well, there's, you know, you know we're, we're blessed. We're very fortunate through this. Um, you know, yet, the, you know, my biggest challenge is how can I help everybody as fast as possible? Uh, so give me an example, so yesterday my day started with a, a club owner calling me at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, my last call last night, I got off at 11 o'clock at night. And in between, I had five 90-minute Zoom calls, in addition to tell, to probably over over a dozen club owners. So one of the other advantages of being in a roundtable is that if I'm not physically walking into your club, and as long as we can schedule a time, I help you with consulting for free. Um, so you know, they get a lot of resources, you get, all you have to do is ask. And if I don't have the answer, which I don't always have the answer, I can connect you with someone who does. And that's been a really big help. Um, We've also been happy to help support, you know, uh, the URSA ILC over the past couple of years and raise more money so legislatively, um, we can have a bigger voice in every level of government for the fitness industry. And, you know, recently we've helped organize, you know, many different states uh, to put all the clubs together because we have a lot of connections, um, so they can organize to talk to their state at a state level, uh, and try and move the openings forward and get each you know state to understand the amazing things that they're doing to stay clean and safe. That <clears throat> most of the governors' groups, when they uh, had the conversation with the club owners, had no idea what a great job the clubs were doing. So. Yeah, that's it. And, but part of it, I guess if we have any struggle at all, it's the, it's the perception that you have to be a successful you know, operator with five or 10 clubs to join Rex. That if you're new in the industry or if you only have one club, um, the answer is you do fit. You know, we do have groups that um, are all different levels. And as long as you're willing to learn and willing to share and support someone else in the group, it works.
0: I love that. I love that. One thing that I see a lot of people in the fitness industry kind of struggle with is balance in personal and professional life. I hate that word balance. It's like my (laughs) number one biggest enemy. So I'll say I'm asking for a friend. It might be for me too. What's some advice that you give to a fitness professional that struggles with drawing that line? Because I myself have been guilty of just wanting to be available to, you know, everybody and help as much as I can, but it's hard to kind of save something for yourself. And sometimes I see fitness professionals burning themselves out. So what kind of advice would you give to somebody in that situation?
1: It it is easy to burn out in this industry. Um, We're all guilty of it. Part of it's our passion and our enthusiasm for what we do and for helping people. And that's, you know, it's a good fault to have. Uh, One suggestion we have for all the executives and owners we work with is that you need to work on your business, not just in your business. And if you only work in your business, you get burned out a lot faster. So our first step is to suggest, for example, you take a quieter day, typically a Friday is a quieter day, and you schedule two hours every Friday, and you do not do anything except work on the business. So you don't take phone calls. You don't look at emails. You don't have staff come in into your office. You just work on the business for two hours. Now, if you do that every Friday, that's eight hours a month, that's one day a month. It's a great start. And then if you can go make that, you know, a second time slot during a week, now you can end up with two days a month working on the business. So that's a good start. Uh, The other thing to do that most of us are guilty of is not exercising enough, even though we're in the health club industry. (laughs) And- It's a
0: dirty secret, right?
1: (laughs) It is. And on the calls yesterday, this week, we started our calls out by doing personal updates first, no business updates. And in one of the roundtables, probably 40% of the people in there who are avid exercisers said, you know, I'm overwhelmed with work and I just don't have the motivation. I'm doing a little walking, but I'm not exercising. And they got vulnerable. So being in a roundtable, we help you get vulnerable with each other. And by the time we were done with the call, everybody agreed to help motivate each other a little bit more. And you know that's the key you need that 's why clubs work more than people working out on their own. You need to be around other people to help motivate you, even if it 's not your best friend. Just being in that environment helps. Um, we have other club owners and operators that schedule their workouts and I, do, I have uh, one very successful entrepreneur he's been exercising fifty five days in a row so far. He told us yesterday, and we 're also jealous. <laughs> and proud of what you're doing. (laughs) Um, But it's great. But that gives us inspiration. He can do it. And he's a multiple club operator. Um, If he can find a time to do it, then we all should. And it's just going to help us live longer, feel better, not have lower back pain, lower our stress levels. I mean, there's so many great benefits. Right. I mean, we say it every day. We just got to actually do it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we have to practice what we preach. Well, I think you know it's so true. You know, negative energy is contagious, but positive energy is even more contagious, and it's something that we kind of gravitate towards because we all need to be inspired. Even those of us in the fitness business. Well, thank you so much, Eddie, for all of your amazing insight. Obviously, you have the best background. You're so inspiring. Tell our audience where they can find out more about Rex. Are there social media handles, the website, all that good stuff?
1: The easiest thing is to go, go to the website, go to rexroundtables.com. And, and that'll be the, the good starting. You can always reach out. You can always email me, uh, eddie at rexroundtables.com. And I'll respond to you within, within 24 hours, if, if not sooner than that. But I appreciate, Vanessa, you asking me to share with everybody. And I appreciate everything you're doing and knowing how successful you are also as a consultant helping other people appreciate you know all the work you're doing in our industry
0: thank you eddie hi everyone this is your host vanessa severiano i have a huge favor to ask of you if you found value in this episode i'd love it if you would please subscribe review and share this episode it would really mean so much to me I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.